all the way from San Francisco, we have Miss Bianca Roy Georgi. I came around mid 2000s to let a talk about legal tech, innovation, and automation to find 70 solutions to India's 20 socioeconomic. Think that technology is not replacing lawyers. Good evening, everyone. Today we're hosting a very special guest with us. All the way from San Francisco, we have Ms. Rianka Roy Georgi, an expert in legal research, corporate law, and legal writing. Ms. Rianka has pursued her LLB honors, BBA management, and JD from National Law University, Odessa. She has further pursued an LLM in law and technology and business law from the University of California, Berkeley. Ms. Rianka is well-versed with legal technology and currently works as a Codex Fellow at Codex, the Stanford Center for Legal Information. We are delighted to have you with us. Uh, so, you've worked in the legal tech industry in the United States for such a long time and you would literally have seen the industry transform. Please tell us about your legal tech journey. Um, thank you, those are kind words, Mansi. And uh, uh, I must say that you exactly introduced me the way I asked you to. Just kidding. Um, uh, I'm really happy to talk with Fine Mind in uh, analytics and um, Actually, I would like to go back in time a little uh, to tell you how I started my legal tech journey. Um, so while I was studying law and I was in my final year at National University, um, uh, a professor from uh, University of Washington, her name is uh, Jane Kevin, uh, she took a credit course for us and um, I really started talking with her in the kind of work that she does in the US and uh, she really encouraged me to write a paper under her and she was working on Aadhaar uh, and the digitalization of payment in India and so I also wrote a paper on internet laws which got published later on um, and this experience really stayed because I was always interested in IP uh, but this also opened my avenue to uh, internet laws and digitalization and how it can help the society in general uh, that's how it initially started and uh, then followed by my work at uh, in the office of Mr. Kajendra Singh Shekhavad. Uh, uh, we did a project on Mission Antopia uh, where what we did was that we had a team uh, which we um, and had a core team and we led a, a, a group of interns of I think there were around 40 of them and we had to find 70 solutions to India's 20 socio-economic issues by interlinking different state policies and um, accessing this huge data to do this policy making really got me kind into automation and I felt that a lot could be done by machines it's not necessarily that we need to do and uh, read and process all of it um, and uh, I, I started researching more and I decided to do my master's from the United States and I chose UC Berkeley because um, my uh, uh, thesis process got, got uh, approved by Professor Rogers uh, with whom I wrote a paper on um, AI and blockchain conversations 
and right before I started uh, my LLM journey, I uh, went to Stanford to do a course on uh, understanding US IP law and it was a week of fantastic learning from different professors uh, coming from around the world and Stanford. And that's how I also incidentally started working at Codex. And, um, and Codex is a center where you actually work on computational law, you uh, work on automation and you really work on different projects. Each, each fellow has different project and different inclination and areas, but all of them are related to simplifying law. And uh, there are basically five areas that I would say uh, where legal tech industry completely transformed but before i talk about that i feel it's how it always started uh, i think around mid 2000s to like a talk about legal tech innovation and automation was where uh, the concept of artificial intelligence and robotic lawyer came to being and what can they do and um, internet came a few years before and uh, everything was still new people were learning and still getting a grasp of it but the kind of innovation which happened uh, especially in the united states in seven eight years and i also see that happening in india right now um it's it it, it is related to coming out of different solutions in making it easier for lawyers and what they do and how they do and how technology can make their work easier um, and uh, I feel there are uh, the five areas that I was talking about that saw the major change and transformation um, in uh, legal tech industry is related to uh, legal infrastructure where new tools and platforms came. Uh, there was the big data law where um, the natural language processing and machine learning techniques and all those aspects came into being. Next was online dispute resolution and we see a, a big boom of that um, right now in COVID-19 um, uh, because uh, this is a phase where everybody realized that uh, nobody thought about it before that, that actually judges can give different um, uh, judgments uh, while recording from a certain place and you don't need to be in person in courts to really do that and um, so ODR really played a great role. Uh, next is legal research and in India especially we have seen uh, in our law schools we had Manupatra and LexisNexis and uh, the kind of legal research tools and websites that came along uh, I think the level has definitely increased and, and how you can actually search different cases and research uh, uh, questions. But I think legal research has changed the uh, working of legal industry, legal practitioners, professors, students. And I think finally the computational law, which is uh, related to rules driven and data driven artificial intelligence, which actually mechanize your legal design and legal decision making. Um, yeah, and I think uh, the kind of transformation, transformation that we have seen coming along in the last few years, it's absolutely great. And um, I think it's I would say it's just a start because uh, this lockdown has uh, given new opportunities and new ideas and opened avenues in technology. I must say that that's quite a journey and legal tech has definitely transformed the law since 2000. 
So, do you think that it's important for legal firms to adopt legal technologies and automation in today's world? Yes, I definitely think that it's important for uh, law firms to adapt, and I think they are adapting. Um, uh, uh, unconventional thinking led to impactful innovations in Cyril uh, Emerson uh, and Mangal Das's Vichar and uh, where they had powerful litigation week empowering every member of law firm to really contribute to the journey of innovation and they also had this problem uh, which is the I think it's India's first legal tech incubator uh, which is not only bringing a revolution in the domestic legal market, but also increasing collaboration and sharing of ideas with related to AI and different tech uh, around the world. Um, and I, they have also implemented uh, Kira, which is their uh, uh, artificial intelligence tool to understand firms' style of drafting and executing it so well, and they're teaching their uh, teams to use start learning to use it and the main thing what uh, uh, I feel that legal technology does is that it really enhances the quality of work and as lawyers we are meant to do the legal reasoning and thinking and not the mundane task so that task gets automated we have the basic contract drafting or client related uh, clients have a lot of questions and answers that can be fulfilled by uh, different bots which can do that easily also the main thing is actually adapt, adapting to those technologies um, and tools and learning and uh, uh, bringing in the experience in your local um, and definitely in uh, west you see that happening a lot in law firms um, and the slow uh, the change is slow but uh, Yes, it's, it has started happening in India and I'm very happy to see that firms have started uh, using these technologies. Yeah, so legal tech is definitely a blessing to lawyers. So um, since we're on the topic of technology, would you please explain what Stanford's Codex Center does? Yeah, so can Stanford Codex Center is a computational center at Stanford where um, we have researchers, fellows, lawyers, entrepreneurs, technologies to work side by side um, and advancing the frontier of legal technology. Uh, everyone is really trying to bring uh, new levels of legal efficiency and adapting different technologies and tools um, and in automation. Um, and this also increases, I feel, the transparency and access to legal systems there is and also an aspect of um, uh, legal tech justice and access to justice where we are really trying to um, help lawyers and also at the same time thinking about the clients because uh, law fees of lawyers, it's really high. In the US, we lawyers have billing hours, so every hour is a and so if you really, um, what technology does is that it really helps in uh, transformation of your law firm and uh, really for making the lawyers focus on what's important and just not doing everything that's uh, related to basic contract drafting or anything like that. And, uh, and Codex does emphasize on research and development of computational law. 
which is the branch of legal uh, informatics it's related to automation and mechanization of legal analysis um, and mostly codex projects are in three areas related to legal document management legal infrastructure and computational law um, and fellows are working on the independent projects or collaborating together so one of the projects that i am working on right now it's known as rec codex rec tracks project where we are working on analyzing um, blockchain regulations worldwide uh, and trying to create a dialogue around it um, so yeah uh, those are different kind of projects and Yeah, so it sounds like a wonderful place to work in. Uh, so, as you mentioned AI, do you think developments in AI can affect the law profession? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't believe in that at all. I think that technology is not replacing lawyers, but it's actually replacing some of the most basic uh, contract drafting and uh, client answering related works where earlier they were done in a more traditional manner but um since legal technologies uh, has come into scene i've seen a impact in last few years there are a lawyer enhancing areas where uh, uh, lawyers are getting to do work that they really wanted to do uh, lawyers are increasing their expertise and skills to deliver um, uh, to their clients in the best way possible um and uh, one of the major things that's important for clients is related to predictability cost effectiveness and transparency so that's what law firms and lawyers are trying to fulfill right now and um yeah, technology does play an important role in this sphere but uh, it, it's also not right uh, to go on in the traditional path and not uh, adapting yourself to current technologies because uh, uh techno businesses without technology is is can be a huge risk to lawyer uh and the world is currently changing so fast that it's it's important to really uh know what you can do with technology and uh, that will also save your time i completely agree with you So we have to keep moving with technology, but we can't let it completely replace us. Because that's not possible. So, what, according to you, is blockchain technology? Um, blockchain technology, in very simplest terms, would be where a lot of parties uh, who want to work on one central database, um, and they have one transaction that is entered on the database, which cannot be ever altered or updated by anyone else and even if one person tries to do that that information goes to each and every person who is part of part of that database and that makes it really hard to change or uh uh really that's that's the essence of blockchain because that makes blockchain really easy um and efficient and transparent and a trustable source so for example uh, uh to understand it in a better way if you can uh, uh see that if there's a if some if there's a person who requests for a transaction that requested transaction um uh, is broadcast to it to a peer to peer network that consists of that 
one center uh, database and uh, there are group of computers that are known as nodes and then there's the um, uh, step of validation by the network of nodes those computers and that does validate the transaction and the user status uh, using those algorithms then the verified transaction also involves cryptocurrency contracts records other information um it gets verified and once it's verified the transaction is combined with other transactions to create a block of data for the ledger um and uh, that simple data is also uh, it just becomes a part of metadata and then the new block is then added to existing blockchain and so they that is permanent it's um unalterable and that's what blockchain is that it's it's a distributed ledger it's digital it's updated in real time there are fewer third parties it, it operates in a trustless manner it's irreversible auditable chronographically and chronologically it's time uh, time stamped so i think it's one of it's 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 an amazing technology but it's hard to understand and if it's used it can really be the basic uh, ledger system uh that can be used in different aspects um also in a law firm or different cases and a very secure system and um yeah it's high time that we actually start using the technology yeah, that is very informative and i really feel like you know blockchain technology can create a lot of impact in the legal uh, industry so as we're in the topic of emerging technologies Why do you think young practitioners should learn about emerging technologies, and how can one learn about legal design specifically? Uh, emerging technologies is nothing but but the uh, latest technological advancement that are happening in legal tech. So it includes blockchain and artificial intelligence. It has aspects of privacy, big data. Um, uh, there is natural uh, learning processes and uh, machine learning processes. Um, so it's um, emerging technology really pays the work of lawyers easier to really understand and know the technology. Um, and uh, using those technologies in their own work sphere and making their work easier. So either they use blockchain technology to really make their work secure and to have a very transparent ledger system to uh, keep track of all what they're doing, or actually adapting it in different um, legal tech ideas as well. Entrepreneurs um, find it an amazing uh, technology to uh, really use for. Um, uh, followed by artificial intelligence because you have uh bots and um uh, and like i have one of my projects where i'm teaching alexa different uh, uh, uh ip skills so uh, alexa knows how to answer those uh questions related to copyright or patent um that can be used by law firms to answer basic kind of questions um so to understand and use this technologies in your own benefit that's what is important for lawyers to do um and uh, legal design is uh, actually a fantastic way to really use legal and to teach legal to understand legal and simplify law 
in a uh, design aspect where you have all the concepts and you really make the other person understand and work around law using designing uh, there are companies like Lexigogo it's a, a video contract app uh, in Belgium where they um, actually uh, you can uh, come into a contract and really form simple contracts online in, on videos uh, uh, and 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 they are valid contracts and it's so easy to use like it's just you and me on video and we get into a simple basic contract where you need to pay me something and you pay me through probably google pay and that's there that's there on the app and we sign through DocuSign and then that's a valid contract it's also very good for people who really find it hard to read long contracts and um yeah so those are really great way of an innovative way of looking into the uh, uh, and approaching legal world and solving problems related to law and also using legal design process lawyers think that legal and business ideas are to solve only legal tech issues but uh, once they do it in a time frame and significantly challenging the existing legal tech solutions finding new solutions through diagrammatic representation big tech companies do that they have meetings where you have legal design thinking processes and you have timed uh, uh, sessions to actually solve a concrete problem that you're facing and the goal is to actively uh, think through the technology logistics human factors of legal tech and solving those existing issues at hand um, but all the legal design it's relatively new but there are appealing examples that you can find uh, throughout the world and how this concept is being executed and used so and one of them being executed These um, ideas and projects they sound so interesting. I'm sure a lot of us would you know want to work in these activities. And um, so, Priyanka, since you also work with data, what are your projects in privacy, and what do you think is the importance of data? Um, I work in privacy of smart speakers and other data privacy related projects. One of the projects at uh, Stanford being on uh, privacy of smart speakers, how smart speakers are um, actually probably not following or following privacy policies that they came to say. Um, so we analyze all the privacy policies of uh, uh, Google Home, Amazon's Alexa or Apple Siri and then we talk with them and we see that how they're functioning and are they following um, kids privacy policies or not because those are specifically hard in United States and very strict. You need to follow the COPA laws and there are a few specific legislations for kids privacy and um, data is also one of the most important assets in a company and in tech companies they find enormous value in collecting, sharing, uh, using this data for uh, data economy and it's very important to really know, take care of and also educate general people and companies about data transparency, how businesses uh, uh, need to request consent and abide by the privacy policy that they 
are uh, asking their consumers or users to sign and it's also very important to manage that data that comes out and um to have collected the trust on those data and accountability with their customers partners and investors so privacy has a right to freedom and it's right to an individual with free of force surveillance and um it's very important for one's safety to freely express what they want to having their own opinion behind closed doors it's also part of fighting right to living and uh, it's it's a very interesting field and it's also a very important field to really take care of and look into what's happening in privacy and like for example right now in covid 19 there are so many contact tracing uh, geo applications where the, uh, you need to download that the application is that uh, they'll take your uh, gps or bluetooth to really see that if you came in contact with an individual who um had uh, uh symptoms of coronavirus or not based on that but they need to it, it needs to be um decentralized not centralized so you need to take care of the privacy and what kind of information do you ask from the person and that's that's applicable to all the uh, apps we have on our smartphones or on laptops social media platforms data privacy certainly sounds like a very important thing and um, as you mentioned covid-19 we can't ignore the fact that we're battling a pandemic right now so how do you think it will affect the legal sector will covid-19 be make or break for the legal technology i feel it's a very critical time for us as a society as an individual and being part of startup community myself i feel uh, really sad to see a lot of businesses closing down startup owners and food debts and it has impacted um uh, the legal tech sector the legal sector the non technology sector and all businesses sectors equally and uh because of this pandemic uh but uh it's also a way to create that will perhaps one of the most serious global economic crisis that any country would see and uh of it after great depression that happened in 1929 and it lasted a decade and then the uh financial global financial crisis happened in 2008 and in 2020 it really led the companies to shift from permanent employment towards contractual workers and led to the rising of employment workers uh, like in past 4 weeks 17 million americans have applied for unemployment benefits and um data in india is not available but it, it really paints a dark picture and it really uh makes everyone feel that it's it's going to be hard and difficult for all of us and um uh, especially for legal tech sector but i do see that there are few changes that are happening the kind of office setting that have been changed the law firms that they built that they never can work with or meeting their or facing their clients or uh working with their peers without meeting and uh without courts without having sessions um but all those has changed and they have i think it has changed for good because technology came in um and it has simplified uh, and made it easier for people who are working from home so i feel it's not exactly breaking the legal tech 
uh, but it's 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 a hard for i think uh, those lawyers who are uh, small time lawyers who have very small firms it's easier for big firms to uh, bring on the technological changes and advancement that they need but uh, solo practitioners and uh, small firms it's it's not easy for them so yeah i think there is not just one answer to that whether it's it will make or break for legal tech but i think it has definitely changed the scenario of legal industry where legal tech is being more being more accepted um and uh, being more uh, it's people are making it part of their working system and adapting those technologies and tools more but um, yes it's it's not an uh, easy way to do that there's a, there are a lot of changes that are involved in it a lot you don't have time to do all of that right or you don't have experts to guide you so i think it it has affected the legal uh, market i could say but legal technology uh, people understood the importance of legal technology because uh, they have seen what it how it works definitely even now i read in a news article that covid-19 is like the world war of economy so we really can't ignore that all of us are suffering a lot but definitely i would agree that it has caused a lot of change in the way we see technology in legal um in the legal industry so with a lot of court cases on hold due to the covid-19 pandemic you think that online dispute resolution can change the face of legal industry following this pandemic Yes, and all of us can see that happening right now. Uh, uh, how judges are giving their judgment on uh, video conferences and recording their statements. Uh, and uh, one of the person I know, uh, Sachin Mandan, who was part of Agami and that initiative, where they had uh, uh, they were talking about online dispute resolution. They also. created um, a competition around it and they worked around odr more and it's so fantastic that they have been talking about it since its past few years now and finally due to covid-19 people realized the need of it and they actually thought that this is possible that it's not just something painty on an idea on paper and um, and also disputes are a healthy and essential aspect of functioning of democracy and market and um our current system of uh, uh, platforms of dispute resolutions whether they are uh, a courts or even out of court settlements we haven't seen online dispute resolution happening much uh, and they are also also not able to serve what they need to do and serving especially in india uh, of people like we are like the second largest populated country in the world and uh, the kind of court cases that are pending in different um, judicial platforms uh, they don't get uh, uh, cleared very soon people have their cases going on for years um, so in that uh, factor i do see that odr plays a big role because it can actually help you in advancing and clearing those pending cases and uh, solving the issue of people spending their money behind a 
cases for girls and girls and probably in arbitration and uh, related to also there are misconceptions around mediation and it's not also very popular at uh, platform in india but uh, people realize that yes arbitration mediation and odr can be a big um, especially in um, uh, such a pandemic it helped us realize that that really work the words and clogging the courts and in such a large scale uh, and in such an effective and efficient manner um, and also we need to create a trust around that that's also very important um, but that will take some time but uh, yeah i think uh, we are seeing a change and also one person that comes to my mind uh, richard saskin who is working um, towards uh, online courts and uh, he he's writing about it in such a such a long time repeating this articles on why do we need to move to online courts why is it necessary and um uh, what can we do about it how can we bring the changes but finally finally um, the organization for economic cooperation and development and uh, uh it it says that 4 billion people live under the protection of law and courts and in some case countries the backlogs are um, astonishingly over 100 cases um in in and and especially in countries like Brazil uh the numbers are high and it's 13 million in India so uh, even those countries even the developed countries which really claim that they have most advanced legal system it really costs a lot takes a long time to uh, pursue civil cases and go after your lawyers and finally judges giving you states and uh, getting to a solution and finding your uh, final judgment it, it it sometimes lasts over a lifetime of the person as well so access to justice is a problem and um this conventional court system uh, is becoming increasingly unaffordable for people and online dispute resolution uh, and really helps yeah you've brought up some great points about online dispute resolution and i'm sure like if the system speeds up the process of all these cases we would be really grateful to it so my last question to you would be would you have any suggestions for young law students and legal tech entrepreneurs in today's time um i think i would just like to um answer this question by telling a small story not even a story but my personal experience that how i always really worked hard towards getting the internships or participating in competitions or doing multiple things at a time during my law school even post that even right now it's not that i uh, i have still been able to understand how to do it in the best way but i think it um really takes a toll on you because you are doing so many things at the same time and you really want to be part of all those committees and uh, all those committees and participating in groups writing papers and applying for internships and preparing for interviews drafting your cv editing your work and also studying going to law school and doing all of that together uh 
and the funny part that uh, i was talking to a colleague of mine a few days back that funnily enough i thought that going all of that would really help me in my cv and uh, talking to people and right now i have a one page cv where i actually don't even write a, a single internship of mine uh, which i did in india because you always write about your current work and what i'm doing right now and maybe two more projects that we uh, did up past that and uh, and all those courses and credit uh, uh, courses and i don't know certificate courses and everything i did i think the only thing that's mentioned is related that to is that i cleared india's bar exam and nothing is mentioned it's all about the legal technology and the kind of projects i'm doing right now so you always feel that this is a the most important if this and if i haven't got this uh, internship it will make or break my life or uh, if i am not able to get through a competition or my research paper doesn't get published it will change my life but it doesn't life moves on so i would only say that really enjoy it well um and don't do so much and uh, really actually explore what you want to do learn skills develop your expertise but really take out time for yourself and have fun i think that's the most important and by doing that you will anyway um, get to do what you love and but with time you learn that um, what is there for you and what you really like to do so yeah believe that that's so true and i really feel that you know all of us need to accept and practice the thing that you know we need to take it easy and we just don't need to obsess everything that over everything that we're doing now and then because we're so pumped up about being a part of everything in college you know clubs chapters internships everything all at once so thank you so much for such an insightful talk and you know your experience in the field of law and technology is truly amazing and i'm sure that all of us have learned a lot of new things today so it was truly a pleasure to have you with us thank you so much thank you mansi